Go to uh, 2 Timothy 3. We're going to start there. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, and I know y'all are familiar with this scripture. Are you there? All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Remember the part that says all scripture is God-breathed of God. It's all God-breathed. Okay, now, if you would, go with me to Isaiah 60, verses 1 through 4. God has a word for us tonight. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together, they come to you. Your sons shall come from afar, and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Father God, we ask you to bless the reading of your holy word. And by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, I ask that you teach us tonight. Lord, I ask you to anoint me to teach your word tonight. Make the hearts receptive, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Y'all can be seated. Hallelujah. God is faithful, isn't he? I believe that he covered us with his feathers throughout this storm, don't y'all? Did, did y'all take authority over the wind and the, and the, and the weather? Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. He's given us authority in Jesus' name. Isaiah, I read the first scripture because I believe all scripture is God-breathed and it's all for us. Old Testament and New Testament. And Isaiah was speaking to Jerusalem, but I believe that there is a practical application of all of God's Word, that we can apply God's Word to our life. And so I read it like this, Pam Freeman, arise and shine for your light has come. Make it personal. Put your name in front of it. Why don't y'all do that right quick? Make it personal. Call, call it out. Come on. Arise and shine, for your light has come. When we hear God's word, you might hear it one way and I might hear it another way, but your heart is touched no matter what, right? I might hear it a little differently than you do because the Holy Spirit knows how to minister to our needs, whatever our needs are. And when we read Isaiah 40, verse 31, it says, but those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles and they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Well, that was given to a particular people at a particular time, but it speaks to me. Does it speak to you? Amen. Amen. 
So the first command in Isaiah 60, verse 1, is arise. Get up. Arise. The word arise doesn't mean just get on your feet. It also means take action. So arise from your discouragement. Arise from your disappointment. Arise from your frustration and do something. Do something about your situation or do something for somebody else. But rise up and get into action. We know that, that we are held down by the strongholds of our minds. Y'all know that, right? That holds us back. But here's what the Word says in 2 Corinthians. And listen, I'm going to give you quite a few scriptures tonight, and I hope you'll write them down because I'm not going to ask you to go to all of them, but we need to meditate on the Word of God. We need to let it roll over and over and over. 2 Corinthians 10.4 says this, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that lifts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. We got to rise up. We got to rise up and realize that we are the righteousness of God. We talked about that last week. We, we are God's children and that we are well able to overcome any situation. We made it through the storm in Jesus' name. How many of you had to fight a little bit of fear every now and again? I did, but you know what I did? I got up with my flashlight when I, first, when I felt that first jab. Got up with my flashlight, and I, with flashlight in one hand and my other hand in the air, and I started going through my house, pleading the blood of Jesus over every room and speaking forth God's word. But you know what took the fear? When I started telling God how great he was. There's none like you, Lord. There's no other name above your name. There's no storm bigger than you are. You've got everything under control. And when I began to, to speak that way, all the fear left. And I went back to bed and slept another couple of hours. So I'm telling you that God's word is the answer. Praise God. So there's a proverb that says, uh, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. How are you thinking? We got to get rid of the stinking thinking. The, your view of life will become your reality. So if you stay negative, looking at your glass like it's half empty instead of looking at your glass like it's half full, things will probably stay pretty negative in your life. That's just how it works. But if you have a grateful heart, if you have an attitude of gratitude and you get in the word and you find what God has in store for you, then you can rise to your feet and you can shine. Then you can get up. How many of you have ever been paralyzed with fear or depression? That's what it does to you. Yes. But see, you got to rise up even if you feel shaky. And you just got to rise up and know that's from the pits of hell. And you got to say, Lord, that's not from you. That's not from you. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And you have to rise up, even if you're kind of shaky. You got to rise up. Isaiah said more than just arise. He said, arise and shine, for your light has come. Your, your light has come speaks of revelation. We talked about revelation last week. We prayed for a spirit of wisdom and revelation tonight in the knowledge of God. 
I believe he heard us. So you have revelation. You know what you're going to do. And you say, well, how do I know what I'm going to do? Because you've grabbed a hold of his word. You've grabbed a hold of his truth and his promises. And you know that his word says in Ephesians 3.20 that he will do exceedingly and abundantly more than you can ask or think. See why it's so important for us to know the word so the Holy Spirit can pull it up from us as we need it. I don't know about you, but I needed his word through this whole storm thing. And I needed his word because I've got kids in Houston. So even after we came through it, I had to believe him for their safety. And then even after I realized that they were safe and they were dry, I, I, saw, I saw what was happening to all these other people. And I know that my God is able to turn this thing around for his good and his glory. First of all, I, I know there's going to be many people seeking God in this time. Because people feel very vulnerable and out of control. And we want to be there to shine, don't we? We want to be there when they're reaching out and looking for encouragement and saying, what am I going to do? We need to be there to offer the truth of God to them, to, to offer Jesus to them. I'm getting out of my notes, so we got to get back. Y'all don't want to stay here real late, right? <clears throat> His word, as we walk in the light, his word will become rhema in our spirit. His, his word will explode inside of us. And you say, well, it hadn't really happened for me yet. Well, keep on seeking. Keep on reading his word. Keep on staying in relationship with him, and he, it, it will happen. I'll never forget, um, we, as we get the revelation of the word, we can apply it to our lives, and then we can really shine for the Lord. Many years ago, when I first sold out to Jesus and I started going to a Bible study, a ladies' Bible study at the time, uh, my teacher uh, kind of early on taught on, gave the scripture Matthew 6, 14 and 15. Some of you may be familiar with that, but I'm going to read it to you. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, then neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And I left that Bible study that day and I said, you know, Lord, I think I have forgiven everybody. And I, I especially think that I've forgiven my stepfather, who was my abuser. But just in case I haven't, would you help me do that? I, I'm going to just come. I'm telling you the truth. I don't want to have unforgiveness in my heart. I don't want to have it living there. And I just said a little short prayer like that. And a while later, my sister called me and she said that, my stepfather had had a stroke and that he was in the hospital and they didn't know if he was going to come out of it or if he was going to have to go in a nursing home. They really didn't know where, where he would end up at this season of his life. And I had to hang up the phone because I began to weep. And I just got on my knees and I just said, Father, you know, please, God. I said, and I began to pray for his welfare. I began to pray that God would make a way for him where there seemed to be no way. And as I was praying and weeping, I began to say, Lord, I don't, I don't, I don't hold that against him, anything that he did to me. Lord, I, I, I love him and I want him to have a happy life. And I just continued on that way. And suddenly the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, that's what I mean by forgiveness. He said, that's my kind of forgiveness. And I just want to tell you that we can't get that for ourselves. He does it. I don't know how he does it. But I do know this, that I took hold of that word that day. And I didn't have any revelation of it until after I acted on it. 
Do y'all understand what I'm saying? I heard that word and I knew I needed to forgive, but I didn't know, I didn't know how it all worked. But I took the word and I applied it to my circumstances and he worked it inside of me as only he can do by the power of his Holy Spirit. And that was the day that I experienced real forgiveness. And I believe with every part of my being that that is the day that he began to heal my broken heart. My heart isn't broken anymore. And I think that's the day it started. So do you see what I'm talking, see what I'm, I'm talking about when I say rhema, uh, revelation in your spirit, man? You, you, do y'all see that? Because it's really important because he is no respecter of persons. He wants to do that for all of us. He wants to do that for all of us. So light speaks of revelation, but it also speaks of direction. When it's dark outside, you can't see the way. But when the light comes on, you know which way to go. I had that whole experience during this storm because we didn't have any lights for about four days. And I'd, I'd get up and walk out of my room at, <laughs> at night and in the country, you know, it's really dark because it's dark inside and outside. And I'd forget that I have to back up and remember where I put my flashlight. So, you know, it, when, when it's dark outside, you just can't see which way you're going to go. But here's what it says in Psalm 119, 105. It says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. He's where we get our direction. So this speaks of direction. Light is the absence of darkness. Light is the absence of darkness. And we as Christians ought to get a lot of joy out of knowing that our God is light and that it's greater than darkness and it can out, outlast darkness. The darkness cannot overcome the light. Jesus is our light. Jesus is our light. There is no darkness in him. And in fact, darkness has to flee. He is light. Light also represents power. Light represents power. For instance, if you flip a switch and your power's off, nothing's going to happen. You got to be connected. You have, you have to be electrically connected. Well, we have to be connected to the power source. Listen what it says in John 15, verses four and five. It says, abide in me. This is what Jesus says. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit for without me, you can do nothing. So we got to stay connected to the power source. You know, uh, uh, if we abide in him and we stay connected and we dwell in him, that life-giving sap that comes out of him flows into us as the branches. So if you, apply, if you can apply this revelation of God in your life, you're going to be connected to the power source because the power of God is in you through the Holy Spirit. We talked about that last week a little bit. So you got to learn to flip on that power switch. Well, how do you do it? Well, you get into a working relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You spend time with him. You read the word. You find out what the word says and how to apply it to your life and then apply it. In Matthew 5, uh, part of the Sermon on the Mount Jesus talks about light. He's talking about believers. In the new covenant, Jesus says, you are the light. You are the light. Isaiah was talking from the old covenant. 
Arise and shine, your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. But in the New Testament, Jesus talks about life, and he's talking about believers. Say, that's me. In verse 14 of Matthew 5, here's what it says. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Verse 15, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Verse 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So we can shine because our light has come. Our Messiah has come. Our power source is here. We're not walking around powerless. We're not walking around powerless. We are the light of the world, and we're talking about the world system. God wants us to shine like a city to the world. And I believe this church is doing that in this region. I really do. I mean, you know, I'm excited because, you know, we meet together like at the high school recently to pray for the for the school kids in the school year. And last year we met two or three different places and the, the dividing walls are being torn down between churches and denominations and the Holy Spirit is having his way as we go forth and pray and join together. And we shine, we shine before the people. Praise God. In other words, we are to illuminate the world system. And I feel like we don't, we don't just illuminate the world system, but let's shine in our own families. Let's start there. If you want to test the water, start shining in your own family. And he even tells us how to do it. He tells us how to do it by the way that we live, our lifestyle. What kind of a lifestyle do you have? What kind of words are coming out of your mouth? Because as we speak, we either shine or we're negative. When the glory of the Lord is on us, then your sphere of influence will be affected. I got to tell you a little story that happened just last night. We had the ladies' Bible study over at La Quinta in the conference room, and we were in there celebrating the end of our 11th year of that Bible study, going into our 12th year, praise God. And I didn't see this, but Sister Janie was there, and she was in the back of the room, and, and she shared this with us, that a, a, a lady was standing outside our door listening to us. And I don't know if we were giving praise reports or if we were worshiping, or, but we were having our Bible study. And she was standing out there. And so Janie went over to her and, and invited her to come in, but she wouldn't come in because she was drinking. And Janie said, that's okay, we'll love you anyway, come on in. And, uh, and the woman began to weep. And she said, y'all are just doing a good thing in there. Y'all are doing such a good thing in there. And although she didn't come in, she got loved on because Sister Janie went out and invited her in. And she heard what we were doing, and she was influenced. She was influenced. Now, if you're in there ranting and raving and screaming and yelling and acting like a nut, that'll influence somebody too. So let's let our light shine in a positive way. He says that we're a city set on a hill. A city, a city is a gathering of people. I see us as a city. I think our church is like a little city. And so we are a people and we worship God. And so if we're a city, then it's very important that we stay connected to other people of faith. 
I hope you all realize the importance of staying connected with people of faith. You know, at one point before the storm ever got started, a young man that comes to church here was helping us move stuff in and out. And, and, and uh, we both said something about the storm, and then we said something, we, we quoted a scripture or whatever, and I said, I wish we were all going to just, he said, why don't we just all get to the church together? And I thought, wow, that's really a great idea, that people of like faith would come together and just lift each other up and nurture each other through these difficult times. And really, we can do that. Even if we don't, in church and out of church, we can lift each other up. So if you're going to shine effectively, you got to stay connected. You don't go isolate. you got to stay connected. You can accomplish so much more as we operate as a group than you can as just one person. Just to help you remember the shine, the arise and shine, I'm going to break down the word city for you. It, it helps me remember better, and maybe it'll help you. The word C stands for conqueror. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us, Romans 8:37. We are more than conquerors through Christ. So what we have in common with those... Uh, in the city is that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus our Lord. We are overcomers. Say, I'm an overcomer. And listen, even if you don't feel like you're an overcomer, I want you to start confessing that you're an overcomer. Because I didn't have forgiveness in my heart that day when I went, and I thought I did, but I had no clue what his kind of forgiveness was like. But I activated the word, and the Lord began to work, and the Holy Spirit began to work. So even if you don't feel like an overcomer, say, I'm an overcomer in Jesus' name. So we are called to take the land, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. gospel. And I, I, as I said earlier, I, I really believe during this time of suffering is our, is our uh, window of opportunity to take the gospel forth just by loving on people. Just by helping people and helping people uh, get back on their feet. Now, the I in city stands for illuminate. We've got to bring light or revelation to the world around us. Now, I believe, you know, that if everybody in the world could just get a little taste of Jesus, they would receive him, gladly receive him, because he's altogether lovely. If they could just get a taste and see that he is good, because he is. He is. A lot of people don't want the revelation because the revelation, along with it, comes responsibility. When you get the revelation, you might have to change your lifestyle. You may have to change how you spend your money. You may have to change who you associate with. See, there's a responsibility that goes with revelation. When the Lord gave me the revelation that, that living in the world and drinking alcohol and doing drugs was causing me misery, he opened my eyes. Well, I got that revelation, and then there was a big responsibility. I had to decide whether I was going to stay there or whether I was going to allow him to walk me out of it. And praise God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, he walked me out of it. And guess what? He'll walk you out of anything you're in that you don't want to be in. He will walk you out of it. Everything in my life changed when I walked out of that lifestyle. And I did not regret one bit of it. I did not regret coming out of it. I've never missed one 
nickels worth of it. As we get the revelation of God and what he wants from us and what he has from us, for us, <clears throat> the next letter comes into play. And it's T. And T stands for transformation. Revelation trans transforms us from the inside out. We become more and more like Jesus. And I, I tell you, I want to give you an example of transformation. One of the biggest examples of transformation I think I've ever seen in my own family was that uh, we had a son and a, and a daughter-in-law whose marriage was <clears throat> in terrible shape. And it had been for six or seven years. And one, one morning, uh, my stepson called and said that, uh, told us something about his wife that was very, very negative. And I just thought, ugh. And my husband just thought, ugh. But the Holy Spirit spoke to me as I got up from where I was sitting, and he said, this is what it took. And I said, is that you, Lord? He just said, this is what it took. Well, sure enough, through the course of this horrible incident, my stepson got born again and filled with the Holy Spirit. And because of that, he realized how very much his family meant to him. And he went before the Lord, and the Lord began to transform him. And as his wife began to see him being transformed by the power of God, she too went before the Father, and he began to transform her. And now, he and his little daughter, he taught a Bible study first. Now, his, he and his little daughter go to Bible study together. They go to a father-daughter Bible study. Uh, their entire lives have changed. All they can talk about is Jesus. All they do is read the Word. And do they love their life? Yeah. It was a major transformation, and so it was the Holy Spirit. He had to almost lose everything he had, the most important thing in his life, before he could totally surrender, but he did it. So if you're, if you're on the brink, go surrender. Don't leave here tonight until you do, because God will transform you, and you'll never be the same. Now, the Y in city stands for yield. This yield doesn't mean to get out of the way like in a stop sign or a, or a traffic sign, but it, it's a kind of yield that we get from the tr fruit tree. When we step into this city that shines life and we're ready to fight the fight of faith to possess the promise of God, then we step into the position of conqueror and the illuminating power of the Holy Spirit comes on us and the revelation begins to come to us and we are transformed and then there is a yield. There is a yield and we are going to bring forth fruit. I don't know about y'all, but I want to bring forth some fruit. It's called spiritual prosperity. We're going to bring forth some fruit. When we're a city, we can really shine, and this is how the body of Christ needs to shine to the world system. <clears throat> In 2 Corinthians 4, 7, it tells us that God looks at us as clay pots. The Bible says we hold this treasure, the precious light of the gospel in vessels of clay that the excellency of the power might be of God and not of us. We have a treasure 
That treasure is the truth of the gospel. We're so blessed. Aren't you glad you knew Jesus as you went through that storm? I went through a bad storm many, many, many years ago that was just that bad, if not worse. And I went through it in Refugio, Texas. And it did the same thing to Refugio back then that it did this time. And I was with my grandmother, and I was young, and I had babies. And I was running through, my house, through her house from one end to the other. And she never got off of her. She knelt on her prayer bench through the entire storm while I ran back and forth, scared half to death, carrying on. She never budged. But see, I, I didn't know how to lean on him then. I didn't know I could trust him, not only with my life, but the lives of my babies. I didn't know that. I'm so glad I knew it this go-round. So we got to remember that God's treasure is in all kinds of clay pots. We don't have to look the same. We just all have to shine. If we are in the, to be a city and we shine effectively, then we've got to bring the kingdom of God to the earth. And then we've got to understand that we are in different containers because, see, the Lord wants to use each one of us with a different group of people. Oh, maybe he'll use a couple of us. But, you know, we don't all minister to the same people. We don't, and it's good how he does that. So let's let our light shine. And, let, and light also speaks of reflection. Light also speaks of reflection. When I think about reflection, I think about diamonds. <laughs> you know how diamonds reflect the light? Those facets on the diamonds reflect the light. And everything that happens to you can cause a facet in your life, good and bad. Good and bad. How many of you know that God will use the bad stuff in your life? He uses it. He uses it. You know, if I hadn't been where I've been, and you know, when I first got clean and sober and came out of my worldly lifestyle, I thought, oh Lord, why did I waste all that time, Lord? I mean, you know, I love being with you. I love knowing your word. I love ministry. Why did not, well, I mean, I'm so sorry, Lord. But the truth is that if I hadn't, if he hadn't brought me through that, there's a certain amount of compassion and understanding that I would have never had. So when we come through these, these, uh, situations in our life that we are ashamed of, give it to him. Once his light hits it, he'll turn it around for his good and for his glory. It, when the light hits that facet, it reflects back, even the bad parts. I love it when he turns it around for his good and his glory. Every circumstance of our life, if exposed to the light, will reflect the glory of God. Are y'all getting this? Amen. So what is the glory? The manifested presence of God. Here's what Colossians 1.27 says. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The Holy Spirit builds God's character in us as we yield to him. We kind of talked about that last week. If you have some sort of character defect that is bothering you, that you haven't been able to let go of, just take it. Let the Holy Spirit have it. Let him have it. The glory is that aspect of God's character that emphasizes his greatness and his authority. I like what it says in Isaiah 6.1. And that was the glory of God is, his, is the outflowing of God. 
And it says, the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and his train, and his ro- uh, the train of his robe filled the temple. His train is his glory. You know, Isaiah was worshiping. We sing a song kind of like that. But Isaiah was, was worshiping the Lord, and, and, and his glory fell. And in that In the midst of that glory, Isaiah was convicted. He was enlightened. He was cleansed. And he was called out in the presence of the Lord. But as long as we stay in darkness, that place without revelation, even though the light is available, you're not going to have it. It's like having a... a, uh, a full checking account and never going to the bank and getting it. So we don't want to stay in the darkness because when we step into the light, and I love what, what 1 Peter 2.9 says. It says, he has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. I thank him for that just about every day. Did he call you out of darkness? He called me out of a dark place. By the time he got a hold of me, I didn't really want to live anymore. That's how dark it was. And I said to him, change me or take me out. But our God is so good and so merciful that he decided to change me. And I don't know where you are tonight. Maybe you're not in such a drastic place, but if you are, he'll change you. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we will have fellowship with one with another. And fellowship means a working relationship. It doesn't mean a ritual. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to go to Bible study. But I'm not going to spend any time with him because I don't really have time. You know, I'm just going to go do those things that make me feel good. That's ritual. I don't want to know about Jesus. I want to know him. I want a taste of him and see that he is good. And when you get to that place with him, nobody can take that away from you. If we get in relationship with him, and, and if we get in action and take our action, if we get in God's light, darkness cannot overpower us. Darkness cannot overpower us. We, we are overcomers in Jesus. <clears throat> Where there is light, darkness has to flee. John 1, 4, and 5. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. If we are born again, and the Spirit of Jesus Christ lives inside of us, it's been made alive in us, darkness cannot overcome us. So don't focus on the darkness, but begin to call forth the light of God to your circumstances. See, you have to do something. When fear came on me the other night, I had to get up and do something. I didn't want to feel fear because you know what? God didn't give me a spirit of fear, and he didn't give you a spirit of fear. He gave you a spirit of love and of power and of sound mind. And I know that, and nobody can tell me any different. So I had to rise up. I had to arise because my light has come. And I had to go forth and speak the word. And the word worked. So don't focus on the darkness, but begin to call forth the light in your circumstances. In Genesis 1, verse 2, 
The word says the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And then God said, let there be light. And there was light. The light of God displaced the darkness. While we are surrounded by darkness, how many of you know this is a dark world? While we are surrounded by darkness, we are commanded to live in the light. We are commanded to live in the light. Now, I'm going to read to you some verses from Ephesians that are really good. You can go there if you want to. Ephesians 5, starting with verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light. In the Lord, you are light in the Lord. So walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. I want to read, uh, before I go on any further, uh, verse 8 in another translation says, Once you were powerless, you had no hope, no future. But now the light of God is in you, and you have been transformed. And now you are the light in the darkness. Isn't that good? Y'all ought to be saying amen, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. You need to get excited about that. Once again, verse nine, uh, verse 9 says, For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Verse 10, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And verse 11, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, and rather expose them. You know, I would suggest to you, stay out of the dark places. Stay out of the dark places. You will yield something in your life when you're, when either good fruit or bad fruit. So you got, that's why we talked about abiding in Jesus. You're going to yield something. You're going to have some kind of fruit. It's either going to be good or bad. Verse 12 says, for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. And I want to tell you, there are times when you're going to go in someplace and you might make people uncomfortable. That light that's shining. I don't know. Has that ever happened to you? That's a good thing, really. <laughs> and there's sometimes when you might go in someplace with your little light shining and you better get out of there. You know, you better get out of there. Has that happened? It's happened to me. I wasn't doing anything wrong, but there was a place that I didn't need to be. It didn't really look like it was a bad place, but the Holy Spirit didn't want me there. And so I got out. The life and the light of God inside of you makes you know to get out. <laughs> Sometimes people might be rude to you because you're, you have made them uncomfortable. That's okay. That's all right. You can just love them. When light enters, it will cause darkness to go. So you are a container that carries the life and the light of God. Don't forget that. It is a great responsibility to carry the life and the light of God. It's a big responsibility, the way you relate to people. If you're going to run around talking about Jesus 
and, and, and quoting the word and loving on people, then you got to be, it's a big responsibility how you relate to people, no matter what they're doing to you. One time, I'll never forget it, I had a, I had a plumber that, that really did me wrong. And I'd spent a whole lot of money with him. And one last thing happened, and he, I, I really felt like that he, he took advantage of me. I mean, I knew I was going to pay him, but I felt like it was unfair. And so I decided that I would send him a check, but I was going to send a letter with it. And I was going to send a scathing letter. I was just going to let him have it, kind of. Well, I had to rewrite it about five times because every time I'd get to the end of it, the Holy Spirit would say, don't burn that bridge for the gospel. And I'd say, okay, Lord. I'd rewrite it. I wrote it about five times. Finally, the Holy Spirit approved, and I was able to send it off. But see, we have to be careful. We can't burn all the bridges. Just because somebody acts ugly and tacky to you, that doesn't mean you get to go back and do your deal. No, we're carrying, we're, we're, we're carrying a precious treasure. And in these clay containers. So it's a great responsibility. You are carrying the light of the gospel. And if you're going to shine for Jesus, be careful. Uh, In verse 14, it says, Awake, you who sleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Verse 15. I like this. It says, See that you walk circumspectly. Not as fools, but as wise. That means that you need to walk cautiously, like you're walking through thorny terrain. Be careful how you're walking. People are watching. And then another one is verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. You got to take advantage of every opportunity that you have to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you say, oh, I'm not good at that. All you got to do is tell them how much Jesus loves them and that he died for their sins and then he rose again. That's all you have to do. And God will make a way. You can't give away what you don't have. And that's why it's so important for us to stay in fellowship, a working relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's so important for us to get in the Word and meditate on the Word and and really memorize the Word so the Holy Spirit can pull it up and we can give it out. So we can shine for the Lord and glorify Jesus in our lives. Are you all ready to do that? Let's pray. Father, we just come to you tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. And, Lord, we just thank you for all you've done for us. And, Lord, we just, I ask, Lord, that you would wash each and every one of us in the blood of Jesus tonight fresh. And, Father God, I pray that as we leave this place tonight, Father God, we will purpose in our hearts to serve you, to shine for you, to take action for you. And, Lord, if there's anything in any of us, Father God, that is not of you, I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit would come upon us right now and convict us, Lord, that we would not even think of leaving this place until you have dealt with us. Father, I ask that your Spirit would move in this place tonight. Just move in this place tonight, Holy Spirit. Have your way in here. Have your way in us. Have your way in each of our hearts. 
Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Draw us. Draw us, Lord, unto you by the power of your Spirit. Don't let us leave this place, Father, until you've dealt with us. Father God, I'm going to open the altar to you tonight. And I'm going to ask you to come up here and let him deal with you, whatever. Whatever it is that he needs to deal with. Whatever it is that you need to just release unto him. Let him have his way tonight in you. Let him have his way. Maybe you just need restoration. Maybe you need for him to renew your mind. Maybe you even need him to heal your broken heart. Don't be bashful. Come on up where the power, come on up and let that power source deal with you. Come on up. Maybe you need deliverance. He knows what you need and he's going to deal with you. Just talk to him. Just talk to him. Let him give you a fresh touch, a fresh revelation. Let him have his way. Let him have his way. Hallelujah.